Welcome to Day Zero Update for February 21st, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Sologi. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Daniel Victoria. And yeah, this is uh, almost a nice date, almost 2021, 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, close to it, so there's that. But uh, we're back here with a, a big slate of news. We had two major events, mm-hmm. uh, BlizzCon and a Nintendo Direct. Yep. Uh, BlizzCon didn't quite give out too much big news uh mostly mm. some updates for some of their stuff they already announced you mm. can read that if you want we're not, we're not really going to talk about that too much uh they announced two new products one's mm-hmm. out now one's out uh some point this year yeah uh, the direct had a bunch of stuff in there uh despite saying it was for the first half of this year they announced a few things for after that yep uh, so we'll get to that, and we got uh, some nice stuff that's available here in the near future, and some shitty, shitty news. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll get on to that in a little bit here, but we'll talk about what we've been playing. I will start here. Uh, we've been playing some 13 Sentinels here uh, a little bit. I just mm-hmm. finished another prologue story. Uh, I think I'm on, I forget what his last name is, the the kid that has amnesia. Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. A something. I forget what his last name is, mm-hmm. but I, th- I assume he's time traveled and somehow lost his memory uh, as a result. Uh, so because he doesn't recognize the money, like says it's like old money. Yeah, I assume he's something's happened. He's traveled yeah. and lost his memory, something like that. You're on the right uh, track. Yeah. That's half of the stories is people time travel. So yeah, figure someone's like, I don't know what's going on. It's like, no, it's either time travel or they're just something's happened. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, still liking it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one for uh, the one kills like real quick. Mm-hmm. He just kind of uh, shows up in the future mm-hmm. and then just like, uh, uh, the one woman just sends them back, you know, like, uh, just find me 16 years ago and tell me what's going on. And yeah. It's like, well, okay, sure. It was like 10, 15 minutes shorter. Some of the mm-hmm. others, but Hey, still fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because of the, uh, BlizzCon stuff, I got a little itching for some, uh, Diablo three. So I started that up again. Mm-hmm. Started a new seasonal character with the Necromancer and have been having fun with that. Uh, yeah, just doing the the adventure mode, which means you're not doing any story progression stuff. You're just looking at the map. It tells you, mm-hmm. hey, here's the specific daily quests uh, to go for, and you just go and do them with uh, the Necromancer. I think the stuff yep. I have right now is like a an army of skeletons that follow me around, and I have uh, some like ethereal mages I can... Uh, bring out to do some more attacks and just kind of wipe out people just hanging in the back. Uh, mm-hmm. Good stuff with that. Like this season they're running right now, the big thing is that when there are loot goblins, uh, they show up in pairs. So you can get mm-hmm. like potentially twice the rewards or whatever. Uh, but for my character right now, it's just basically just get anything, equip it. It's probably good enough. Uh, though I've done a couple of. Uh, bigger fights because some of them the the quests are just like oh go here and kill a, this boss or 
kill this big enemy, that kind of thing. Uh, so, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, jump back into No Man's Sky because there's new updates. Uh, had not figured out how to do the the new stuff just yet, but I was uh, still in the early stages on that one doing quests. So I'm uh, also dealing with the fact that I put my home base, my first home base, I'm going to put it in another one somewhere, uh, on basically like a dead moon, essentially. So there's like lighter gravity. So when I go to jump around, I go a little bit higher, a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are very few uh, resources or extra stuff on there. There's no little totems with words I can learn. No uh, like upgrade points you dig out of the ground. Yeah. That kind of stuff. There's no real creatures. There's like, you can get to some underground areas and there's those annoying little uh, plants that just start spewing poison at you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the extent of life on this planet. Uh, but if I need carbon or oxygen or ferrite dust, uh, I think there's a couple deposits of like rusted metal, copper, and some other stuff. I can find that and and a couple of the other things that appear on most planets. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's good for just it's a place there's no security really, uh, mm-hmm. no sentinels flying around, so nobody's getting in my business when I'm busting stuff up. Uh, like mm-hmm. there are in the the planet I had to do just to get some upgrade points. Uh, had them all over the damn place. Uh, luckily, when I was digging in the ground, they didn't really care. So, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, still still enjoying that. Still need to put some more time into that. But uh, I'll be putting another house somewhere else where mm-hmm. I can actually like explore and find something useful versus just that's kind of the same in all directions. Mm-hmm. If I need oxygen, I have to... Literally look at all these black rocks and figure out one of them has carbon in it. Another type has oxygen. They're both basically the same kind of types. Uh, So just like Mm -hmm. sitting there looking at them. And instead of wasting my mining beam, I just sit there and beat them with the melee. Uh, So that's kind of like the the state of that planet. It's just this is where I just go to screw around for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've also been playing some auto chess. Uh, I finally won a game. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> I won every single match, just swept everybody else. Yeah. Uh, I was in the quick uh, playlist, which like cuts down some of the time stuff. You don't have ways of upgrading with your coins that you get. Uh, so it's kind of just as you're winning, you're getting more uh, XP, that kind of yeah. stuff. I think you need less of the same types of creatures to um, merge them and get a higher rating on them, higher star rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was able to get like two star uh, creatures in my party on the, mm-hmm. the board more quickly to the point where I didn't have enough room for all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just winning every single match. I was like, I still kind of know what I'm doing, but I'm not knowing why I'm doing things. Mm-hmm. But I was able to win this one match, like sweeping everything. I was like, all right, maybe I'll stick to this because the other mode, uh, there's some games where like I know how they work and just putting into practice against other people just falls apart somehow. But I can do well against AI because the AI is stupid and wants to make you feel like you're good at this. 
you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's been pretty much it. How about you, Brandon? Yeah, well, uh, I'm playing still Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I'm getting pretty close to the end of it now, I think. Um, I'm on Chapter 15, and if I'm to be... Uh, if I am to be believe what I've been told, there's a total of like 18 chapters in the game, and we're now going topside to the top of the plate, and we're making our way to Shinra HQ. Um, and I'm expecting a few curveballs, um, because there's definitely, I mean, that this game, the, you know, Final Fantasy VII, it goes a long way to surprising you in ways if you you know are super familiar with the original um storyline of the original final fantasy 7 this game's really going to throw some curveballs and basically completely you know change the way the story's gonna go um the fact that sephiroth has been has shown up way earlier than he was supposed to in chapter two uh the fact that Jesse managed to um I forgot what it is she did, but she basically managed to change shit around so that people like, you know, you know, Wedge is still around. Um and you know, now we're headed topside and it's like I'm just waiting for what crazy shit is that they're gonna pull out that's gonna that's gonna completely throw me for a loop. Um because, yeah, um, but I was playing that. And uh, after a certain announcement that happened on a Nintendo Direct uh, this week that we will be getting to uh, later in the show, uh, I had to go and get Splatoon 2, because um, I, I played that very shortly once, and I was like, eh, it's not my thing. And uh, then people started telling me about all the world building and shit that actually happens in the background, and that there's actually a lot more going on underneath the surface, and I was like, all right, fuck it, I gotta actually play this again, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I get it now, I definitely get it, it's also made me realize that, you know, only Nintendo would come up with the idea of making, like, a competitive third-person shooter, and make it specifically about not shooting the opponent, but in trying to cover the arena with more goop than your other opponent can. Like, only Nintendo would come up with that idea. Um, I've also been playing Hotline Miami, too. And um, I'm on the Death Wish segment now, which is where the whole gang... where the whole gang is, like, gotten together now, and they're getting ready to charge into, I'm guessing, what's supposed to be the headquarters of the Russian Mafia. Uh... And that's both cool and not cool, because on the one hand, it's this big, long segment where you end up having to play with, you know, all the characters in the group, and, you know, it's at this point where, you know, going back in previous parts of the game and going into, uh, you know, trying retrying those levels with different characters pays off, because... Holy crap, this is a long and very intense sequence. Um having to deal with the fact that, you know, cuz you know, all all those characters, different ones of them, you know, have different approaches to what they do. I mean, one dude literally does not use weapons at all. He only uses his fists. 
which is fun when you're going up against, you know, a bunch of guys who were, you know, got baseball bats and crowbars and stuff like that. But once the dudes with the guns show up, it suddenly becomes a lot more, well, annoying than it has to be. Um, also, there is no checkpoint anywhere in that whole segment. So if you, you know, decide that you want to play something else or something, you cannot save the game at that point, at any point. So, yeah, it's uh, pretty annoying. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I've been playing. So, Dandrup, what about you? Yeah, it's uh, mostly been Super Mario 3D World uh, plus Bowser's Fury. Um, my mm-hmm. review was actually uh, posted yesterday. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, I don't really have all that much to add from what I talked about last week. But, like, if you're somebody who um, played the original Wii U release and were looking for, like, all the nitty-gritty differences, there is one that I think is rather important that people should, should know. So, in the original game, um, mm-hmm. like, if you've played it before, like, you know that it's all about... Um, exploring the level to the utmost so you can find all the secrets. So mm-hmm. when you're playing with, uh, with, with other people um, and you split up, the camera does a good job of zooming out to make sure that uh, you can see what everybody is doing. Mm-hmm. In the Switch version, it zooms out a little bit, and then all of a sudden it does the, the bubble rubber banding, which uh, can be rather annoying. And like if you die while your friends are in the bubble, you lose the level and have to start over. So that's pretty annoying, mm-hmm. but other than that, like, you know, the, the game's solid. Um, my brother and I uh, finished all of the main courses, including the secret levels, uh, getting all the green stars and the, uh, the, the flagpole tips. And when you do that, mm-hmm. you unlock one more world with three tough levels, and that last level is uh, excruciatingly hard, and I'm loving it because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have yet to even, like, get through a third of it, and it's just a total blast. Like... I'm I'm annoyed and like I want to throw my controller out the window, but I'm having fun doing it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in regards to Bowser's Fury, uh, still playing that a little bit. Um, I've only uh, I've only like uh, beaten up Bowser like three times. Uh, there's there, there's still more to unlock, but it's still a really enjoyable game. I'm really liking how you can um, how you can really just uh, pack your items uh, just just in case mm-hmm. like you'll need them later. Like for example. Um, in 3D World, if you had, like, three boomerang flowers, you could only, like, bank two. And it's really used for, like, mm-hmm. if, if, you're, uh, if Mario's dying. Whereas with this one, like, you can pretty much, like, collect as many as you want and then, like, use them however you see fit. So it's like having mm-hmm. an inventory. Like, um, there's been a lot of um, open-world Mario games before, but this is the first one mm-hmm. where it feels like um, where it's really about exploration. Whereas like games like Mario Odyssey rewarded you for exploration, but this one is really about exploration. That's, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, still playing animal crossing. Uh, not much to talk about there. And I've also, um, gotten my hands dirty with the, uh, project triangle strategy demo. Um, we'll talk more about that during the, uh, direct, uh, stuff, but from what I've played, um, it kind of confirmed my fears about it being a strategy game. Like I'm not really that, much of a tactics fan um Mm -hmm. it's fun for what it is but i did die in uh the first demo level which kind of turned me off but Uh, um my brother played it he enjoyed it and he doesn't even like tactics all that much either aside from fire emblem so you know it's it's something that i'll definitely give a chance as we um move forward but like right now it's proving to not be my cup of tea but -hmm. if you're looking for something that's uh as dark as octopath traveler uh this is definitely one to look forward to and again we'll, we'll talk about it more in a bit 
Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, let's uh, let's get to some news here. Uh, I alluded to this first one here uh, during my games. No Man's Sky has a new update. Yeah, uh, that focuses on creature companions. All right. So the the various creatures you run around in the world and see. Uh, if you have, I'm not sure how you're able to actually like tame them so they can be your companions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, once you do, you might have to get like a creature pellet, something like that. Uh, but yeah, the uh, let's see, they travel side by side with you mm-hmm. as you go around. Uh, both as a friend and as a valuable aid, you can have them. Uh, I think you can train them for scanning for resources, marking out hazards uh, as like a light source, uh, hunting dangerous fauna, mm. finding settlements, excavate buried treasure, and even mine for materials with their own shoulder-mounted mining lasers. It's all the mm. typical stuff you expect. Uh, if you also properly nurture them, uh, they can lay eggs. I guess they're all uh, reptiles or birds. Essentially, mm-hmm. but uh, they can be collected and incubated, uh, so you can have newborns versions of those creatures hatch and grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also see the space anomaly has a new egg sequencer to genetically mm-hmm. modify your companion's eggs uh, even further. I think you can also sell them, trade them to other mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, customizable accessories and decals you can get in the game uh, yeah. to make them look even weirder. Uh, so yeah, uh, also their personalities are defined by the species and ecosystem so that no two creatures are alike. Mm-hmm. Personalities develop further as you deepen your bond with them. Yeah, so that there's more stuff going on there. Uh, you also get a neural harness that connects directly to your exosuit. Mm-hmm. Companions' innermost thoughts be translated and sent directly to your internal communication channels. Uh, as an added bonus, the update will bring significant improvements in load times and warp times for PS4 players, so that'll be good for them. Mm. So yeah, that's good. Good stuff there. Good stuff. All right. Uh, let's see. Also a weird thing that's uh, happened here. The Xbox backwards compatibility team has released an FPS boost mode. Mm-hmm for it to increase the frames per second uh, for some games. I think mm-hmm. right now they have support for Far Cry 4, mm. New Super Lucky's Tale, Sniper Elite 4, UFC 4, and Watch Dogs 2. Mm. And you can go into the games, uh, like in the, the, the games and apps app to turn that stuff on. For it, uh, so they say that's just the initial. Some of them can run up to 120 frames per second now, like New Super Lucky's Tail, or I guess UFC 4 can now have improved uh, frame rate performance to run at 60 FPS on Xbox Series S. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's neat. All right, all right. So yeah, <laughs> I certainly see. would enjoy of- being able to play one of those, but much as with the PlayStation 5, uh, they're no one where to be found. Yeah, you gotta follow some questionable accounts on Twitter to yeah. see when that sort of stuff drops. Hmm. You have to hope that's not like in the middle of the night or whenever you're sleeping or busy with other stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's talk about other games getting an upgrade. Marvel's Avengers. They finally announced that the uh, PS5 and Xbox Series X and S upgrades are coming March 18th. Mm-hmm. So that uh, that'll be sort of a, a better looking game. Hits 4K. I think 4K 60. They've been a little bit weird with uh, the details on that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll hit 1440p on Xbox Series S. Uh, and along with that is also the uh, Hawkeye feature and perfect operation. So he'll be in yeah. the game. Now that adds, let's see, the Cree, mm-hmm. uh, which is the race of shapeshifters. Yep. That you probably saw in the Captain Marvel movie. Yep. Yeah, they put out trailers for all that stuff. You can check it out. Mm. So uh, if you already got it on PS4 or Xbox One, uh, you'll be able to get the free upgrade here in uh, about a month from now. Yeah, uh, if wonder if it'll actually make the game any better. Well, like from from what I know about the game and from what I've played, like the, the game really isn't bad. It's just kind of like Anthem, where where it's like, okay, you do what you're supposed to do, and then you're done, and there's nothing that the developers are saying about it. So, in regards to the Avengers, like it's really cool that you know they had another um, they had another event to talk about what's coming. Uh, it's it's awesome that they're getting upgrades on the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, but with the new content and um, and specifically Hawkeye. I'm wondering if it'll be meaty enough to warrant people actually putting time into the game. Because I remember we, 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 we talked about it a few weeks ago that as far as people who are actually still playing on their servers, there's like mm-hmm. four, maybe five digits of people, and that's really not enough anymore. So, And mm-hmm. in my experience with uh, handling live ops in the industry, it's harder to get people back than it is to get people in in the first place. Yeah. So, We'll see how that goes. The content looks cool. Um, don't, don't get me wrong, but it's not enough to really more, to really like bring me back. But I don't know. Maybe there's there's people who are looking looking forward to it later. I'm not sure. Yeah, I've got the PS4 version. I just haven't started yet because I was just waiting for a better version to come out. So I'll be checking that out. Don't know if I'm going to check out like Endgame stuff in it. Mostly just stick to the the campaign uh, mm-hmm. for the time being. Uh, so yeah, I'm interested in checking this out, see how it looks and all that. So yeah, there's that. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about something exciting that's coming out. Chicory, A Colorful Tale is coming to PS5 and PS4 later this year. Yeah. Uh, already confirmed for PC as it was kickstarted for PC. Yeah. I Uh, looked at this this time, like I looked at screenshots and, you know, watched the, trailer and everything, I'm like, man, this is just delightful and also absolutely capable of triggering an LSD flashback. Yeah. Yeah, so it comes from a developer that worked on Wandersong, mm-hmm. which was a weird little indie game that was all about musical stuff. This one's more about uh, art. As you're kind of uh, going around these worlds that are kind of black and white, kind of like a coloring book, I would say. Uh, and your character has a brush, paintbrush, that can just kind of paint stuff the way you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume there are specific reasons for it, uh, things you get out of it. But uh, it seems like it's kind of maybe like the unfinished swan, where it's like painting out the world and making it easy to see mm-hmm. what's around you. 
that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was wondering if it was like like Unfinished Swan because like you know I'm, I'm looking at the PlayStation blog now and I'm, I'm I'm reading it and I'm looking at the screenshots and I still don't know what you're supposed to do. It looks cool though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it looks pretty neat. Uh, as co-op too, so you have a second person with a brush so you can just go crazy painting stuff, whatever you want. Mm. Uh, and it looks like it has neat little blending modes yeah. and different sort of paint textures you can have. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Uh, the soundtrack is being done by Lena Rain, who did Celeste. Yeah. Uh, and some other stuff, so mm-hmm. uh, some real good soundtrack work there. Uh, yeah, yeah. looking forward to this. Being published by Finji, who did uh, publish Night in the Woods, Overland, Wilmot's Warehouse, some other stuff mm-hmm. as well. So yeah. exciting. Love it. It, it definitely looks. It look. It definitely looks great. Um, now, whether or not the gameplay can carry that forward, well, we'll see. I guess. Yeah. It, it appears very Zelda esque. I will say that just on the surface. Yeah. See if it's more has some more combat to it. If it's more adventure, just exploration and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. We'll, we'll see. That'll be happening at some point this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about a game that kind of happened but didn't. Uh, Dinosaur Planet. Oh yeah. Okay. So those of you who don't know, uh, Dinosaur Planet was a game that was uh, that Rare was originally working on for uh, the Nintendo 64. And, you know, rare for the Nintendo 64, obviously they put out, you know, the Banjo-Kazooie games, the first two. Uh, They put out Donkey Kong 64. Uh, They put out GoldenEye. Um, You know, rare, you know, when it it came to Nintendo 64, they were like the superstar um, developer, you know, next to Nintendo proper. Um... And they yeah, were. It was in, pretty much Nintendo's Naughty Dog back then. Yeah, and uh, oh, and I, did Perfect Dark come out for the Nintendo sixty four? I can't it remember. Did. It yeah, did. Okay, so they also had Perfect Dark. So like yeah, again, they were. Game, I think. Yeah, so again, they were basically the superstar developer for the Nintendo sixty four, and one of the games they were working on was a little game called Dinosaur Planet, and basically it was a. It was like going to be another, you know, kind of an action RPG type thing where you played a dog character who was like fought with a sword, and then there was another character who was a blue cat, and she fought with a staff, and she would like shoot things from it. And if any of this sounds familiar, it's because this is essentially what became Star Fox Adventures for the GameCube. Um, yeah. Basically, about halfway through development. Miyamoto came in, said, hey, that dog guy kind of looks like Fox. And they were like, oh, Miyamoto says it's Fox. It's Fox now. Yeah. Um, and eventually that game became Star Fox Adventures, a game that I'm actually really fond of and really love in spite of its glaring obvious flaws, especially that bullshit final boss um, that is like very lazily shoved in at the very last minute. Um, but... You know, there had been, up to that point, we had gotten occasionally, you know, screenshots and like a, like a, I think it was like a, a 
film, like a, a video of a what was originally going to be like the first uh, level. If you remember in Star Fox Adventures, that very that prologue element where you're actually playing Crystal directly on that flying ship, uh, that's originally from this part of the ge- this version of the game. Um, and this week, somebody managed to find a playable build of one of the later versions of Dinosaur Planet. This is not the original version. This is one of the laser versions, probably briefly before they switched development over to the GameCube. Because yeah, this came from game preservation group Forest of Illusion. Yep. That uploaded this uh, earlier this week, and they explained that they purchased this from a private game collector yep. in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh, acquired that from them, and let's see, the files and the build implied it was last worked on December 1st, 2000. Mm-hmm. Pretty late in development, at least on N64. Yeah, uh, um, it would not actually... The, the reason you can tell that this is late on the N64 before they went onto the GameCube is because uh, Fox is already in the game. Yeah. Um, he's already there. Of course, he's not... Using a uh, staff like he does in Star Fox Avengers, he's using the sword like, you know, the original character was during the original development. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very interesting sort of... Apparently, although the game is playable, it's still not... Um, 100% it, finished yet. 100% finished. There's still a lot of, like, uh, emulation that needs to happen before, you know, it can be distributed enough, I guess, and available, you know, playable without, you know, needing to actually have the original disc on hand. Um, well, I assume somebody will... Oh, they will eventually. Um, it's really interesting to see, though, because I love... Obviously, I love, you know, vintage Rare. You know, nothing... You know, back when Rare was on their A-game, there really was few in, at least in the western part of gaming development, that was as good as they were. You know, before Microsoft bought them. Yeah, back then, um, I was a subscriber to Nintendo Power, and uh, mm-hmm. Dinosaur Planet was a game that was continuously hyped up in the magazine. Yeah. You know, we, we, we knew it as a big, rare project. Um, and li- like you said, it was late uh, in the N64's lifespan. And mm-hmm. this was after... Um, Games like uh, Ocarina of Time were even made, so you you pretty much knew that Rare was already using that as sort of an inspiration to create this game. And yeah. you know when they stopped talking about it and released it as a Star Fox Adventures for GameCube, like I was pretty excited. But yeah, going back to what you said, Brandon, um, particularly in the N sixty four era, mm-hmm. um, Rare never missed. And like no. you know, you, you you can go ahead and say what you want about Blast Core and uh, Donkey Kong sixty four. Every single yeah. one of Rare's games for the N64 was a banger, in my opinion. Yeah. And, like, it's crazy that, I mean, um, obviously, there, there, there's a huge audience for Sea of Thieves now, but it's crazy that we've never had a game from them that even compares to what they've released with Nintendo. Well, the closest thing you're going to get is not even Rare. It's, you know, another team founded by Rare veterans. Yeah, uh, but even... Even ukulele, the, the the original ukulele release, in my opinion, just was lacking. The Impossible Lair, uh, the, mm-hmm. the side scroller they released after, was fantastic, but it just didn't have the same vibes that I got from the N sixty four 
releases. There, there were there were a lot of similarities, but as far yeah. as like you know the 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 fun in, in, encapsulated from these console experiences, it's, it's just not there anymore. But this is definitely a cool thing for uh, historical purposes. Mm-hmm. And I am like interested, like since you know we've got the original thing now really be that much of an effort to go back and replace the the Fox model with the original one, the original dog model, or a reasonable facsimile of it, and yeah, well, it, I mean, change I the dialogue just a little bit, and you pretty much have probably have the original game as it was envisioned. Yeah, I mean, the, I I um I would assume that it wouldn't be too hard to just like you know recycle it with the old assets, provided they do have them. Um, but yeah. I was also one of the people that thought Star Fox Adventures was fine the way it was. You know, it wasn't yeah. great or anything, but uh, no. it was definitely a fun game. Yeah, I, I still have have my uh, old <laughs> copy. And yeah, I mean, like, like I said, there are a handful of things in that game that are just glaringly obvious flaws. Yeah. I already mentioned, you know, that tacked on final boss at the very end, which is probably the most glaring one. Yeah, the 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 funny part. Um, I, I I never actually personally got that far, but the funny part is every Star Fox game after sixty four mm-hmm. had an embarrassingly bad boss. So yeah, that, that 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 kind of followed suit with the series. But yeah, yeah, like again, like this is cool. I don't see myself engaging in in this particular uh, leak. Um, particularly because um, like as fun as as games were uh, in this era. They're completely an eyesore and unplayable. And oh powerful. yeah, it's yeah. they're they're very ugly to look at now. There's no question but, about it. Uh, these screenshots aren't half bad. I'll say that much. No, actually, I, I'm wondering if this dude who has it now, maybe he should start reaching out to some of the folks who, if they're not working with Rare anymore, they used to. Uh, yeah. on this particular project, because I'm pretty sure they could probably provide some very uh, well-needed insights on this game and its history. Um, I know uh, that uh, that big Rare collection that came out uh, a couple of years ago, yeah, um, that, you know, it, it had a whole section of it that was dedicated to, like, game develop that was specifically, you know, to, like, concept art and, like, the ongoing of the game developments, and especially for games that never made it. And Dinosaur Planet is actually a strangely, uh, well, kind of, but also not strangely, kind of missing from that. And I mean, it's missing because it's, it's Nintendo. <laughs> That's yeah, the because reason. it eventually became a Nintendo property. <laughs> um, but yeah. Also, Star Fox Adventures introduced the Crystal character, which basically, well... That's a whole thing in and of itself. Yeah. But, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Also, Star Fox Adventures also still has one of my favorite soundtracks in gaming, like, ever. Um, yeah, I mean, if I remember correctly, that game was fully voiced, and that was rare back at the time. Oh, yeah. Now, was the voicing actually good? <laughs> that's another story. Yeah. But, yeah. So, let's uh, keep going. Mm. Okay, so you remember last week when we talked about a developer that had a uh, a neat uh, solution for trying to maybe make you not realize that their reviews were not so great by naming themselves very positive? Yeah. Uh, they're no longer on Steam. Nope. <laughs> They've been banned for uh, review manipulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, not directly like shock. others have been, but... 
uh, Valve was not uh, uh, absolutely thrilled about this. Yeah, like Valve's not taking this yet. Yeah, though uh, the weird thing is the uh, the developer posted on their Twitter saying they disagree with the accusation. Uh, the developer even made sure the name matched the font and color of Valve's official rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a cute prank and a funny riff on the ways developers try to game Steam's marketplace. Mm. Uh, well, that's, that's just from the article. Uh, but yeah, they, uh, I guess Patrick Klepik over Vice also talked to them, uh, said they, they said they didn't think it would be an issue. Valve fully understands how minor this trick is. It's more important to have a famous brand name like Obsidian there. Uh, apparently not. So yeah, that's... Uh, see, they also yeah. said in another tweet, I've made a really bad game. This is the only thing I'm guilty of. If making awful games is not allowed on Steam, why have they already suspended the CDPR account? Why haven't they already suspended the CDPR account? It's like, all right. That's good CDPR. way of getting yourself. Yeah, it's like CDPR is not actively trying to scam the review system that Valve uses. Now, yeah, if you like want if, to say if it's about, broken games, like that's yeah, you're gonna lose a lot of games. Yeah, if it's a broken game, I mean that's one thing. But uh, also, if you were hoping to get back on Steam at any point, yeah, um, you just shitting on them is not a great way to show that you're, mm-hmm. you know, apologetic about what happened mm-hmm. that you've actually learned anything. So. You know, all right. Let's get to a couple of uh, not great news here. Uh, we're yeah. talking about six days in Fallujah. Yeah, uh, and originally back. I was kind of, um, you know, not necessarily excited but hopeful for it because you know the vision they had for this game is one I thought that was necessary and needed to be put out there because the whole that entire the the whole second battle of Fallujah is a is an absolute swamp of moral ambiguity and you know it i mean the second battle of fluja is where the phrase white phosphorus entered the popular consciousness um and then we get this yeah so let's see they had a interview with polygon peter tamty who's running the publisher Mm -hmm. that is uh publishing this game he was involved in the original game as well Mm -hmm. uh Talking to Polygon in an interview, they said, for us as a team, it is really about helping players understand the complexity of urban combat. It's about the experiences of that individual that is now there because of political decisions. And we do not want, or, and we do want to show how some choices that are made by policymakers affect the choices that a Marine needs to make on the battlefield. Just as that Marine cannot second guess the choices by the policymakers, we're not trying to make a political commentary about whether or not the war itself was a good or bad idea. Yeah. So here's, here's the thing. war is a political thing. Yes. And uh, uh, especially if you want to make it about, war. if you want to make it not about the circumstances of how the war came about, mm-hmm. then don't have it be about an actual war. And not only be, that, like, but also. Yeah, and also don't have it in the uh, one part of the Iraq War whose casualties, as far as Americans went, was the bloodiest since the American Civil War. So yeah, now we have something. It's just about 
you know, the complexity of urban combat, how that affects both the soldiers and the civilians and all that yeah. stuff. But that's not what they're doing here. They're setting it in actual war. Yeah. They had, you know, real life consequences on. that's still ongoing. Yeah. And they continued this uh, interview here. Uh, let's see. Dodge questions about the U.S. military's use of white phosphorus in the battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, a war crime, as they say. And uh, the guy said he isn't interested in addressing the fact that the U.S. invaded Iraq after lying to the world about WMDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when asked about the choice to depict the city's suffering in such details, he said, Almost all the outrage I've heard are from people who were not in Fallujah. I think we live in a culture where we feel the responsibility to defend people, whether they want to be defended or not, on social media. And I am sure that there are people who are in Fallujah who will be offended. But I will tell you that from my experience and conversations I've had over 15 years on this project, uh, nearly all people, nearly all want people to know what happened in Fallujah, whether you are an Iraqi civilian or you are a member of the coalition, either side. See, the civilian part of that argument, uh, you have to remember that uh, to this day, there are babies in Fallujah that are born with very awful deformities because of all the chemical shit that happened during Fallujah. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and they're saying like, oh, the outrage is from, uh, almost all the outrage I've heard are from people who are not in Fallujah. That's because most people weren't in Fallujah. Mm. That's that's not a, a thing to be like, oh that's you know, it's all people that weren't in war. It's like, yeah, that's most people. Yeah. Uh, live in a now I was I was kind of willing to give this guy at least some of the benefit of the doubt at first, because I was thinking maybe when he's saying, you know, we're not trying to make a political commentary, he's saying we're not trying to make a political commentary because we think this the subject matter itself stands on its own and we don't really need to add any additional commentary to it. But then he brings all this other bullshit up and I'm like, okay, uh, you are, yeah. you've kind of pissed away your last bit of confidence I had. Yeah. They're obviously in like a bubble mm-hmm. and don't realize that, that they're as developers and all that, they're inside this bubble and they think just no, anybody that's critical of them outside is just, just doesn't get it. And it's like, no, you guys don't understand why people don't think this is a great idea to make a game, a shooter about this war mm-hmm. where there's a lot of heavy shit above it. Yeah. That led to it, that surrounds it, and coming out the end of it, that, you know, baggage on the game. Mm-hmm. Because of the subject matter you decided on, it's like if you're made a Vietnam game, and be like, "Well, we don't want to talk about the political uh, commentary about the the Vietnam War, even though that's all there is at this point about the yeah. Vietnam War." I uh, have a few native Vietnamese friends who live in Saigon who would be like, "Yeah, you can go fuck yourself." Because like, like if you wanted to just have this to be about, as you said, the complexity of urban combat, that's mm-hmm. a thing you can do. Yeah, just don't make like, it set in a specific war that there's pretty much no good outcome yeah. of it. Like, seriously, in Vietnam to this day, every couple of months, they still find pieces of unexploded ordnance. Like, somehow, the, they're still Vietnam- dealing with the after effects of Agent Orange. And somehow the Vietnamese people have come out of it 
not having like a huge grudge against Americans. They've been like, yeah, shit happened. That was a bad time for everybody. And they've kind of moved on a bit. Yeah. Uh, I just want to kind of get back to normal life as best they mm. can. And yeah, these um, guys do not seem to know what they want to do with this game. I haven't like read much about this game aside from the fact that what we what we've what we've already talked about. But you know, um, like you said, when 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 you're making a game uh, with with content as heavy as uh, as what this has, you know, you're you're already going to get questions. So like, yeah. Um, from from my point of view, I don't understand why the developers just don't you know just go to work, make the game, release it, and decide or not decide to go ahead and answer questions later. Yeah, this game is like, not out yet, and you're yeah, putting yourself yeah. out in the fire for people to just decide not to buy your game. And this is just this is just bad business sense. And seriously, that, just keep your head really down and keep your mouth shut until the game comes out. Exactly. I mean, like you look you look at a couple of years ago where like the last couple of Call of Duty games had yeah. white phosphorus in them and that already caused like quite a backlash with people who were part of the armed forces. Yeah, and, Spec you know, Ops the Line can... Spec Ops the Line, which is a game that, you know, actively deconstructs the whole military shooter genre. White phosphorus is a major plot point of that game and it's specifically an answer to the shit that happened in those Call of Duty games. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean it 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 just doesn't make sense on all sorts of any way you look at it like these guys could have just made the game released it people will like it or not like it and go ahead from there and yeah. i think by 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 talking about it this way they've just lost supporters rather than gained some more and then the only ones who are probably keeping it are the people who are like you know agree with the entire notion and <laughs> that's not what we want yeah yeah it just seems like they have come at this game from the wrong the wrong angle if they mm. want to actually treat this with the seriousness and the, I don't know, the, the right attitude for the, the specific battles they want to show. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have a lot of work to somehow get their, the general view of this game to a good place before it's supposedly out later this year. Mm. So as I said last week, like, an adventure game would have been a much better way to progress to to do this, and I have yeah. to be a shooter where, you know, that's inherently a political way of showing this kind of game. It's just from the concept of people shooting at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see if this game shows up anymore, uh, mm. and if they can find I a way to. We'll Turn it around before launch later this year. Look, it, um, I will say there is if you really do want to like find a way to make a game like this, it would probably do something superior, something similar to uh, fuck, what's what's the name of that game? Um, is it Valiant Hearts? No, uh, it was the game about the Iranian Revolution. Um, no, I, I think it was. I think I know what I think, the game you're talking about is, but I think it was called something like uh, trying to remember. Yeah, it was Black Friday. It was uh, yeah. It was about it was about the uh, it, it basically was like a week that happened in 1978 when uh, the 1979 revolution Black Friday. Yeah, 
1979 Revolution Black Friday. It was made by a dude who had uh, originally been working for uh, Rockstar, and he went off and decided to make his own game. Um, He's basically said that he can no longer return to his home country because of this game, basically, because he doesn't really shy away from the part that the Islamists had in the revolution. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, if you want to make like a game about a serious topic like that, that is a pretty good blueprint to go by. And I think the, like they said, there were soldiers working on the game. Yeah. Uh, and I that's like a mistake in terms of how you're doing this because it's obviously people going to be talking from their viewpoint mm-hmm. versus something that's more neutral. Uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be tough for them to turn around the the way people feel about this game. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. <sighs> but yeah, that's uh let's get to another shitty story here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy, already a game that uh, has people feeling iffy on it because it's based on a uh, J.K. Rowling uh, property. Yeah. And she has a known turf. Yep. And she is... Uh... I mean, it, it got so bad that the developers basically said that she's not directly involved in the creation of the game, which yeah. isn't really... I mean, she's still getting royalties from it, so... And let's talk about somebody that's directly working on this game. Yeah, the lead designer. Mm-hmm. Uh, lead designer at Warner Brothers, development studio Avalanche Software, was mm-hmm. working on this game. Uh, back in the day, he ran a reactionary YouTube channel that... Uh, was anti-feminism, anti-social mm-hmm. justice, all that fun it stuff. It was the normal sort of uh, MRA bullshit that was everywhere. Yeah, the you know, a few years ago, video titles such as "The Injustice of Social Justice," uh, in praise of cultural appropriation, or "Thought Crimes Becoming Real," uh, references to 1984 stuff like that. Uh, let's see, lengthy defenses of John Lasseter, mm-hmm. known creep, uh, that was co-founder of Pixar that was forced out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nolan Bushnell, who created a fairly toxic work environment at Atari, mm-hmm. uh, expressed support for Gamergate, not surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, criticized Anita Sarkeesian. You can see a screenshot of various titles he has. Mm-hmm. There, uh, trying to see if there's anything else here. Oh, conspiracy about the Las Vegas shooter mm-hmm. years ago. Uh, yeah, so a lot of shit right there. Yeah, Didn't get a response from him uh, about this stuff. Uh, but he started as a consultant on games with stuff like Twisted Metal 2 and Jet Moto 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked on licensed stuff like Dis- Disney Infinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, various other things, but yeah, published his first video to his YouTube channel in September 2016, so not that long ago at this point. Nope. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so fuck him. Um, so, uh, I, know, I know that it calls him like a lead developer or whatever he is. Um, lead designer. I yeah, lead designer. I don't know who he is, and this is probably going to be his main legacy, like this whole YouTube channel, which obviously I, I, I'm, I'm strongly against, but you know, as a, 
as a Harry Potter fan, like this, this is this is extremely frustrating. Like I, I I'm actually wearing a Ravenclaw sweater right now, mm-hmm. and like um, Hogwarts, um, the Hogwarts uh, Hogwarts Legacy is a game that I am very excited about. Like everything yeah. they've shown is totally up my alley, mm-hmm. and um, I'm will I'm I'm willing to like you know look away in regards to you know people like J.K. Rowling profiting off of it because it, it just looks like a game that's that's that much fun to play but you know um wb is just making it harder and harder to support it with you know having people uh, in, in, on their payroll like this and you know these are the people that i don't want to support you know i'm i'm still gonna want to play it I'm, I'm i'm probably gonna gonna buy it used so that they don't profit from it but i don't know it's just it's 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 it sucks like you know there's, yeah. there, there's no way to really like make your presence known and, and at the same time be a huge fan of the source material it's it's, it's frustrating mm-hmm. yeah yeah it it's is increasingly becoming a thing for most major publishers at this point mm-hmm. uh, i didn't put it on here but the uh saudi arabians made like some major investments in a number of publishers uh mm-hmm. with their like public investment fund that uh was uh it is from MBS. It's like EA, Take Two, and Activision Blizzard. So it's like, at some point, any major publisher game, it seems like, is gonna uh, put some money in the hands of the shitty people that you wouldn't want. Seems like increasingly. Yeah, yeah. You can't really like fight that either because people are gonna diversify their investments. That's just a business. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, I think the stock they have is like, like anywhere tr- between like one to three percent of mm. what they have uh, out yeah. there right now. So it's not a huge stake, but yeah, as much as people are very much uh, wary of supporting companies with any sort of questionable either yeah. employees or stockholders and whatnot, yeah, mm-hmm. it's tough to make any great as as they say there's no ethical consumption under capitalism yep that is the uh that is the gotta make the choices that are best for you yeah basically you have to pick and choose your battles more or less because remember you're only one person yep so yeah let's uh let's get to some better news uh the nintendo direct happens Mm-hmm. And like the one thing I'll say is the the people are like, oh, it's been 500 days since the direct. Like, fuck off. Those mm-hmm. streams we had last year were directs. Mm-hmm. Whether they have a fancy little name for them, it they're all the same shit. Yeah, uh, I don't care. They had directs last year, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, mm-hmm. is their first one in a while? It's been a few months at this point. I think December was their last one. It might have mm-hmm. been late November. Uh, they had an indie one, I believe. But uh, yeah. this one had quite a bit of stuff, 50 minute long. And we've got uh, quite a bit here to talk about. So move through a little bit quickly. But if you've got something to say, speak up. Uh, the first thing here was a their, their uh, big smash reveal. But if you didn't mm-hmm. really expect it, you're probably thinking, oh, shit. New Xenoblade Chronicles. Because it was just the Rex uh, looking for Pyra. uh, And then finds her and she reveals, oh, I'm in Smash! Mm -hmm. And then also Mithra's in that as well. 
Mm. Uh, I think there's another stage from them, which is the the grandpa. Yeah. Various other characters. So there's there's all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, those will be out in March. No date yet, but I think they're going to have a a stream or whatever talking about their move set and all that to give you an exact date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've never played Xenoblade Chronicles two. Um, I don't know if you have Brandon, so you might be able to like you know talk a bit more about those characters, but. You know, it's 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 definitely a cool announcement. I personally thought there'd be more DLC to that game, but you know, the way they do these are pretty cool. Like, I'm I've always been a huge fan of how Nintendo unveils new characters for Smash, and mm-hmm. th- this was no different. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and side with the the Smash community about like complaining about a, another sword character, but um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad that uh, Sakurai and Nintendo really care about Xenoblade because this is a really important IP. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah, as part of the the latest Fighters Pass, uh, which has Min Min from ARMS, Steve mm-hmm. and Alex from Minecraft, and Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII, and yep. two more that have yet to be announced fighters. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting to see what they got there. Yep. Uh, these next two are games finally coming to Switch, Fall Guys in the Outer Wilds. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, one game that's basically became like you know a cultural phenomenon before you know before uh that other game ate its lunch and uh the outer wilds is a uh pretty good game i've been told yeah i liked it a lot it was my number one game two years ago Mm -hmm. and the trailer kind of spoils everything about it uh because it is uh it's like oh, it's you know a times uh, a time uh, skip game. I forget. It's it's like uh, Groundhog Day where you spend twenty two minutes in game, a thing happens and then you reset. Uh, and it's <laughs> talked about a lot of things. Mm. It's like oh, I hope you haven't hurt. I hope hope you knew this stuff already uh, from the discussions mm. that were out there. But if not, best of luck. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't really change too much about the game. Gotcha. But the the fun thing about jumping into it at launch was figuring all of this stuff out for yourselves and how it worked and all mm-hmm. that. So they kind of maybe were a little too descriptive about everything mm. uh, with that. But both of those games are out summer and Fall Guys is also coming to Xbox. Mm. Uh, they yeah, made that announcement as well. So I played a little bit of the Outer Wilds uh, when it was released and when, when they put on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, it wasn't my cup of tea, but it, it definitely seems like a game that the Switch can run. Um, I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, you might feel different than Chris. And then uh, for Fall Guys, yeah, this is the most Nintendo game not on a Nintendo console, and now that's different. So, yeah, that should be good. Uh, the next one here is a game that probably none of us had heard before. Uh, mm-hmm. The Famicom Detective Club. Uh, they came out on the Famicom Famicom disk system, I think, back in the day. Yeah. Which obviously never came over. Uh, I think got remakes on the GBA, and that never got localized either. So these are coming over for the first time with English text and uh, fully remade for the Switch. Yeah. So they look like... These are uh, one of the, like... These are, like, one of the early examples of, like, what a visual novel is. Except, you know, it's a... Very much a more... A bit more interactive than your average visual novelist because it's yeah, they're a mystery kind of, game. Yeah, 
Yeah, they, they actually um, they, gave, they gave me a lot of Phoenix Ride, uh, Phoenix Ride and uh, Hotel Dusk vibes. So mm. this is definitely something that I think I want to try out. They're thirty five bucks each on the eShop, and if you get both, you get a discount. So I'll look into yeah. it. But yeah, thirty five bucks one, you get ten bucks off if you buy the second to make it sixty bucks go. total. Ah, hmm. interesting. And uh, yeah, it's out May fourteenth. Mm. Uh, I think the match is like, oh, you can pre order them now. Mm-hmm. Months in the future. Oh, sure, whatever. Uh, let's see. Samurai Warriors 5 is also coming to the Switch this summer. Yeah. Uh, some of these dates are very vague. Uh, mm-hmm. I assume because of COVID, they're like, oh, we don't know. Yeah. We'll get it out there eventually. Uh, but plenty of these put specific dates, so hopefully they can hit them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Legend of Mana. I think this one might have been announced before. I forget. It was this one or the other one, Square Game, but uh, Legend of Mana is finally coming with uh, remastered graphics to the Switch, mm-hmm. PS4, and PC June 24th. Yeah. Uh, so you can check that out. Uh, if there's, no, there's no price on this yet. Cannot pre order, mm-hmm. but uh, it looks really nice. Mm-hmm. What they've shown. Uh, let's see. The next thing Monster Hunter Rise, they showed some more monsters and story stuff and all that, as well as that there are themed Switch and Pro Controller models for mm-hmm. launch, so you can get that. Uh, I cut a couple things off of the list because they're just, like, reminding you that things are coming out the dates we already knew. Yeah, pretty much. We already knew them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the first big surprise here is probably Mario Golf Super Rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mario Golf is finally back, and it seems like this might be uh, the best one since the Game Boy Color games. Mm-hmm. When I seen, uh, those are the two yeah. that uh, that's the game that I hold as the top of all of them because mm-hmm. it was an RPG. You played them, uh, you gained experience, you leveled up, put points into different skills, and that was great. Uh, and they have a story mode in this. With that, you mm-hmm. create a me character, uh, interact with Mushroom King characters, play challenges. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Get experience points to power up your stats. Uh, you can use motion controls if you want, if you're that kind of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, also have multiplayer modes, online and local ones, uh, including one called Speed Golf, which rips off everybody's golf because mm-hmm. uh, you can run to the cor- the uh, wherever your ball is at. Though Pretty in Mario much. Faction, <laughs> you can get power-ups mm-hmm. to uh, beat up the other characters, I guess, and get coins. <laughs> um, I don't know what the coins are for, why you need them. Maybe mm. use that to buy something, I don't know. Uh, but you can do that. Uh, let's see, anything else here? I think that's largely it. Wario's got the the most uh, outlandish outfit. It's <laughs> fucking like, rich guy cowboy hat. She's uh, don't even have a screenshot of him. What the hell are they doing? Mm-hmm. It's literally the only thing I've seen people posting about with this damn game is <laughs> look at what Wario's wearing. Yeah, yeah Mario Golf Super mm-hmm. Rush, in my opinion, was the best announcement of the, of the entire Direct. I am all in with everything they were talking about from the story mode to the uh, mm-hmm. to the to the speed golf mode. The, the, the game looks totally awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah I want be... I want I want very badly. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Let's get to some other stuff here. Tales from the Borderlands is out March 24th. Uh, we talked yeah. about last week how that was coming out to the other consoles that it was already on. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
earlier this week, so it's coming to the Switch as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, to complete your Borderlands collection that you can have there, uh, Capcom Arcade Stadium is out now. It's mm. free to play. Uh, you get 1943, I think, with the game itself as a free thing. And if you go mm-hmm. onto the eShop, uh, look in the, the DLC page and get Ghosts and Goblins for free with it. Uh, yeah, I saw it was supposed to come out to PS4 and PC at some point, but it's Switch uh, launch exclusive for now. So you'll be able to get that elsewhere. But yeah, you can rewind, just game speed, difficulty, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, probably mess with uh, visual filters and all that kind of stuff. But uh, you can check that stuff out. Let's see. Next, uh, probably one of the more surprising things, Stubbs the Zombie and Rebel Without a Pulse. Is yeah, there's a back name I hadn't heard in a while. PS4, Xbox One, and Switch game. Mm-hmm. Uh, March 16th. That is a game that was built, I think, on the Bungie engine. Uh, yeah. By some former Bungie devs. Uh, mm-hmm. Where you're a zombie in like a weird yeah. retro futuristic kind of city. Yeah. It's like like punk versions of old timey songs. I think it was mm-hmm. Uh very weird vibe, but you ran around and ate people uh, and had yep. a crew of zombies that could hang out with you and do stuff. Yeah. Very weird game, uh, but it was an Xbox exclusive for the original Xbox. Mm-hmm. And so not many people played it as a result. Yeah. So you can check that out here in uh, less than a month. Yep. Uh, let's see. Also with the date, No More Heroes 3, August 27th. Yeah. Uh, the thing they revealed is that the, the tournaments that you're in is like a, a galactic tournament. So you're fighting a lot of weird aliens and shit. And so they make mm-hmm. use of like different art styles and all that for them, uh, which looks pretty neat. All right. Uh, let's see. The next game, Neon White. Uh, an indie game, which I found out afterwards, is a Ben Esposito game uh, who worked on uh, Donut County. This game yep. is the exact opposite in attitude of that game, as far as what I saw. Uh, where that and was very silly. Every way. And, this, and, and laid this back. Very, and more, Yeah. It seems more serious, but in <laughs> a, a ridiculous way where you're demon hunters, but in heaven. Because mm-hmm. demons have managed to get up to heaven. Uh, and it kind of has like a card yeah. mechanic to it. You're collecting cards that give you different kinds of attacks. You're kind of rushing through stages, it seems like. So maybe like a speed run, uh, yeah. first person action kind of thing Woo. going on. Man, looking at this, this is hectic as, cr- as crazy. Like, Yeah, Neon White, that seems like everything is in it. Like you have first person shooter elements, you have platforming elements, you have... The, the the card system like whatever the hell that is that that is like yeah this is uh this is not Donut County Donut County was about dropping things into holes no. something else <laughs> yeah you know so yeah that's gonna be interesting that has a winter time frame so late this year uh let's see DC Superhero Girls Teen Power a game people are supremely confused by because it's published by Nintendo and there's no developer <laughs> attached to it. Uh, so people are like, who is making this? What team yeah. is this? Is this was it Toze's the the secret developer that makes like eighty percent of the games you didn't know was working on them? Yeah, for Nintendo. 
mm-hmm. uh, that kind of stuff. But that is based on, I assume there's a DC superhero girls show. Uh, yeah, there like is. The team versions of the, the various. Uh, yeah. Superhero girls. So yeah. Like Batwoman, uh, Batgirl, Supergirl, Wonder Woman. Uh, yeah. This is one of those. Uh, kids shows like you know I, I i actually really enjoy dc and for all and most of their properties but yeah i was i was uh caught off guard by the, by this announcement uh and mm-hmm. i didn't even know until today that i was a nintendo publishing published game so <laughs> yeah <laughs> calling me surprised yep so yeah that is june 4th 60 bucks so that's it i'm up yeah guess we'll see uh, let's see ea started showing up here in a way that probably surprised people plans for zombies Battle for Neighborville Complete Edition is out yep. March 19th. That is the, the third of the Garden Warfare games. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty fun game for what I played. Uh, mm-hmm. Not sure what makes it complete. Uh, but I think it has probably some... I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. remember what they what I mentioned has in it. It has motion controls, so you can use gyroscope for aiming, I assume. Yeah. Uh, you can use touch controls on for the UI stuff. So I guess mm-hmm. you can do that. Uh, let's see. He has... Uh, okay, yeah. Seems like he has some stuff. Uh, let's see. Move on. Another big surprise. Metopia is coming to the Switch. Mm-hmm. This was a 3DS game. Uh, pretty late in the mm-hmm. 3DS's life, so maybe didn't make that much of a splash, but it was... Uh, as you can probably tell from the title, involved Mies. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of more of an RPG kind of game. Mm-hmm. You created your party out of people, uh, maybe friends or celebrities or whatever. Make them look as weird as fuck, whatever you want. Uh, go on an adventure and take down the evil Dark Lord. So, you know, that is a, a $50 game. Okay, they didn't mm-hmm. go for 60 there for a 3DS port. But uh, we'll talk about prices here pretty soon mm-hmm. uh, for some things. But uh, see, Animal Crossing New Horizons got a video showing that they're adding Super Mario items with the update that happens on the 25th here uh, in mm-hmm. a few days. But the items won't be available in the shop until March 1st, uh, which includes you know a lot of Mario stuff. You know, if you played the original uh, Animal Crossing, mm-hmm. you know that they have. Uh, I think the 3DS one had this stuff as well. I was like, uh, you know, like a Mario mushroom, you click on it, it gives you the sound effect, okay, uh, blocks, that kind of stuff. Uh, but also has warp pipes that can let you warp uh, from one side of the island to another, mm-hmm. which could be really useful. Uh, saving you some time getting around. Yeah, this was a very interesting uh, unveil here. Like, we all expected Super Mario items to be in Animal Crossing next month because they already hinted at that. And, you know, as mm. someone that's been an Animal Crossing fan for uh, forever, like, I already knew about, like, Nintendo items being there in the past. Like, the 3DS version, like you said, there was an R-Wing, you know, Koopa Shell, things like that. But mm. never has, never have the items have this kind of functionality. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to limit us. Animal Crossing GameCube. Or yeah. two, I could play f- fucking balloon fight. <laughs> yeah, like, like um, hey, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure that you're only gonna um allowed to um only be allowed to buy two pipes because like that would be a whole lot of like engineering and they don't really have to do. But yeah, yeah this like is Mario. This could be useful. This is a Mario Maker. Yeah, 
like um again this could be pretty useful you know you you put your warp pipe next to your house another one next to the shop if it's on the other, other side of the map like whatever it may be and that's that's really awesome i, I also saw that the coins can be collected and then they they, they warp themselves back um and yeah I'm, i am i am really excited about this uh this update and um It'll be interesting to see how they handle the um, actual acquiring of the items because, um, like you said, they're going to be putting them in the store. Um, mm-hmm. But um, if you understand how that, that that ATM works, you only get to buy five items a day. So I mean, mm-hmm. that's pretty good in an evergreen sense, and I'm pretty sure people are going to time travel to make sure they can get everything on day one. But again, are they going to be in the catalog or in the store itself? Uh, it, it, from from what I saw, it looked like it, it's it's going to be in the um, the ATM machine, sort of the catalog. Okay, that'll be weird, but. I hope there's not. I assume there's not that many items, and mm-hmm. you won't have multiple chances to get stuff. Uh, so yeah, that'll be happening here in uh, over the next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the a game that came uh, a little bit of a surprise: Project Triangle Strategy. Very stupid name, but for the game that it's following up, uh, Octopath Traveler, uh, which originally had the project on front of it as well. So this mm-hmm. might, game might actually be called Triangle Strategy uh, <laughs> by the time it's released. Uh, it's mm. obviously a follow-up to the Octopath Traveler, same art style, all that kind of stuff. The yeah. They call it the 2D to HD series. Mm-hmm. Whatever stupid name that is. Uh, but yeah, it is a strategy RPG instead of a, a turn-based RPG like the original game. Mm-hmm. I assume it has a Fire Emblem style triangle like system of weapons that are better than another type. That's better than a third type. That's better than the original thing. Yeah. Otherwise, from the demo, I don't know what the triangle from, means. You played yeah, the from demo. the demo, it, it it didn't appear that you know a, a weapons triangle was a thing. I think the reason why they came up with triangle was because there are three kingdoms fighting for the various resources that that that, okay. that the war is for. That being said, you know, you know, having played it and having slept through it, I really hope they don't name it this. <laughs> it's uh, Octopath Traveler made some sense, and Triangle Strategy makes some sense too. But that's just the, the, this this tell doesn't work. Come on. I mean, it's mm. part of the way they named it: Octopath Eight. Yeah, Travelers. Yeah. This is I mean, Triangle Strategy Strategy RPG. This it's very stupid. This if they want to name it, uh, if they want to name it Iron Salt, which is what this war is, like you're like, I'd I'd be okay with that, but mm-hmm. uh, Triangle Strategy just that's that's that's, that's just bad. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be stupid no matter what. But that is out next year. Uh, you can get the demo mm-hmm. now, released mm-hmm. right after the demo. Uh, the game came out, and that's uh, foreshadowing. Because remember, Nintendo said that they would only be talking about games coming out in the first half of 2021, and here they are talking about a 2022 title. That oh, said, yeah. like the reason why I was brought up is because there's a demo out now, and it's pretty much a beta because they're taking it, they're they're, they're taking feedback from people that played it. But yeah. again, that opens the door for another 2022 release, which we'll talk about soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have that downloaded. I'll have to check it out. Uh, next thing, Star Wars Hunters. We are mm-hmm. back in the old days of Star Wars where just games came out and you had no clue if they were going to be good or not. Yeah. Because uh, this is a mobile port of a Zynga game. Oh. It's been out for a little while. It's a Zynga game. Yep. I assume it's a party thing. You go out with the party, uh, shoot Star Wars dudes, and you have fun at some point or <laughs> give money to have fun. I don't know. Uh, it's free to play. So 
And yeah, that that title is very much like a early two thousands Star Wars game from who the fuck knows. Yeah, yeah it says. Uh, Okay, you connect players in real time to battle in settings inspired by the iconic Star Wars locales. Players will join squads of all new and authentic characters, including daring bounty hunters, heroes of the Rebellion, and Imperial Stormtroopers. An action game that immerses players in a fast-paced and visually stunning Star Wars galaxy. Which means nothing. Mm-hmm. Like descriptions you see in lots of mobile games. So that's out at some point this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Knockout City... Coming from EA. Yeah. Very weird trailer that was about like characters from video games that you might have known. Uh like a Warcraft orc and a dude from a battlefield or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a princess from like a Mario game complaining about them not having their own game. And here they are in a dodgeball game. Yeah. <laughs> the weird part about this trailer was that uh nobody providing that commentary was actually in the game. So, <laughs> well, I think those characters are in it. They well, don't look it, like what they did in the trailer. If, if there is, there wasn't any footage of it, but or, or maybe that's the case. I, mm-hmm. I don't know, but it was it was just the game kind I of looks like retrofitted uh, to fit their style. Yeah, the, the the game kind of looks like a um, an updated version of Ninjala. Uh, if people here mm-hmm. uh, played it, but um. Yeah, it should. It's, it's it's interesting. It's it's an EA original, so uh, they're really just uh, providing publishing rights. It's being developed by an indie company. This is the studio that made the yeah. Mario Kart Live game. Gotcha. With a cart that came mm. out last year. <clears throat> so, so yeah, they. I don't know if this is going to be free to play or not. There's no price here. I don't think. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, it's May twenty first. It's coming out to all the Playstations, Xboxes, uh, Switch, and PC. Uh, 4v4, they mentioned seasons. So going to have new maps, ball types, rewards, all that kind of stuff. So I assume mm-hmm. it's going to have a battle pass and all that. Uh, so yeah, that could be good. I don't know. We'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, World's End Club from the duo that worked on the Danganronpa and the Zero Escape games. Mm-hmm. Uh, back together again to work on another game that's like those games. Yep. Uh, but the twist is that the game gets canceled, but they're all going to ki- get killed in. So they try to go back home, yeah, to Tokyo. Uh, but find out like the yeah this the country's fucked up. Yeah, some shit happened. You know, like, there's nobody around. Yeah, yeah, it makes about as much sense as the first Danganronpa game does. Yeah, and that's going to be out May twenty eighth. Yep. Yeah, this looked interesting. Um, I haven't played yeah, any of the uh, Danganronpa games, even though I have them all. I will eventually. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one looks, it does. This one looks strange enough to be up my alley. Looks cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that'll be a thing. Uh, let's see what's next here. Hades is getting a physical release, which mm-hmm. includes a code for the soundtrack on PC and yep. an art book uh, with some uh, great art from Jin. Uh, that does all their arts. Yep. I, uh, that's uh, out March 19th. Well, I'm definitely release. putting it on my calendar because I have yet to play Hades, but I really want to. And my yep. current PC just can't handle it. So. Um, yeah. It'll be a good way to check it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, I would be complaining because I already bought the game, but uh, this is a fantastic game, and you should definitely support Supergiant. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 
Next one, Ninja Gaiden Master Collection. Uh, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, June 10th. That is a collection of, I think it's the Sigma versions of the first two games. Yeah. Which were sort of remakes. Uh, or not remakes, they're like revamped versions for the PlayStation 3. Yeah. Eventually and of those to the Vita. They're also slightly harder than the original versions as well. So Yeah. And I think it includes all the DLC with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you also get Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge because why not? Mm-hmm. Nobody liked that game, but nope. if you're going to do a, a Ninja well. Gaiden collection, you might as well throw it in because maybe some people will like it. Mm-hmm. So you can get that. Uh, yeah. I'll be curious to see how it holds up, but see, online multiplayer is not available for the tag missions in Ninja Gaiden Sigma mm-hmm. 2. The clan battle for Shadow Shadows of the World and Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge is not included in online multiplayer in this collection. Okay. But you get all the costumes and other stuff they added. Mm-hmm. So you can check that out if you even want some of that. Uh, let's see. Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Uh, they announced an expansion pass for that mm-hmm. in a very weird trailer that which was like, oh, here's a list of it. Whatever. Uh, yeah. 20 bucks. I think you get your first content from that May 28th. Mm-hmm. And you'll get some new, uh, let's see, two waves of DLC. Uh, I think the first bit you get is in June. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the rest are coming out in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you like that game, you can get some more content for it. Hmm. They returned to the Square Enix with the Soccer Frontier remastered. Um, all they did with the Age of Calamity expansion pass announcement was show a slide, and they didn't even show that slide for a long enough time to even know what everything was. <laughs> so, I don't yeah, know. It was like a, it's just Hyrule Warriors uh, stuff and then a list. Mm-hmm. It was the most bare bones trailer <laughs> of the, of the whole show. To- yeah. Yeah, then we got Saga Frontier Remastered. It's coming to PS4, Switch, and PC April 15th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the... I don't even know which Saga game it is, but uh, they've been putting them out here a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so you can check that one out. Yeah, the, the the Saga series is interesting. It's 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 not my cup of tea. I just find it a little uh, bizarre, and I, I, don't, I don't really like the battle systems used. But this is all. This is almost the basis they've used for Octopath Traveler. So if you really want to see like where it came from, you know, definitely um, try this. Uh, I don't know yeah. how much this will cost, but we'll see. Yeah, twenty four ninety nine, and you can definitely bad. tell. Also, the, the this is also being made for mobile because uh, everything looks like it. The the text boxes and all that, mm-hmm. uh, and the UI for the battles. Uh, also looks like it because it's got big ass buttons you can hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a new main character, uh, some new cutscenes. Yeah, I think this is one we probably talked about before. Because added some stuff that uh, adds to one of the characters' story mm-hmm. uh, and all that kind of stuff. So there's that. Then we got two Awanuma showing up uh, mm-hmm. and breaking people's. Expectation by saying there's no Breath of the Wild 2 news in this stream, mm-hmm. uh, but there will be some later this year because people are like, Oh, yeah, we got to get that. So that's obviously because it's coming out this year. 
mm-hmm. for sure. It's like, uh, so they said, you know, fuck off with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then announced the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. Uh, this is going doing to the be thing in- that, yeah, doing the thing that Aonuma said was impossible in making it playable without motion controls. They figured yeah. that out. Uh, that you is, can play uh, with motion controls if you want, but if you don't, uh, you're basically using the right stick to do the slash motions uh, for your sword. Which probably gets kind of annoying after a while, I'm sure. Yeah, but that's I don't kind really of a... imagine it being that much different from the touchscreen controls from um, Phantom Hourglass. Granted, it was still a little weird, but it worked. And yeah. you know, I I would still rather than rather do that than wave my arms around. And yeah, honestly, yeah. like um, Skyward Sword, you know, it, it it gets a lot of flack because of the motion controls. But when I played mm-hmm. it, it definitely worked. The reason why I'm a little um, I'm I'm a little bit on the side that doesn't really like that game as much as other Zelda games is because it was really bloated. Uh, that game oh, had no yeah. that game really had no business being forty hours. And you throw in the motion controls on top, and mm-hmm. that's why you have like people. Not really appreciate it for like what it what it what it gave us. Uh, on the other hand, you know, I thought that Zelda game had one of the best stories you'll ever find in any in any any other Zelda, and mm-hmm. that's that's that, that, that's something I definitely liked. Um, is it is it enough for me to want to spend another sixty dollars in the game? Probably not, but the Nintendo fan in me will probably get it anyway. I already bought the Joy Cons, so um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, think the thing that I know about this game is that it's very heavy on the like tutorial stuff hand holding and mm-hmm. all that uh where people would probably like it to be like yeah i've played a zelda game shut up you don't need to tell <laughs> me how this stuff works yeah this game isn't that different uh yeah it's a game i didn't play on the original wii because by the time that came out i wasn't really interested in wii games anymore mm-hmm. yeah and, uh, and the, the, the the other hard part about that was you know, this was in the middle of the dawn of the HD era. You know, this this is this is going to be an HD remake. And you know, when you're when you're playing Wii back then, you have to be playing on a tube TV, and uh, nobody wants to do that anymore. Mm. So I would say, if you like this game, pick up uh, or now watch one of the AGDQs runs of this, mm. where it's literally like saving at precise moments and then loading it, and somehow mm-hmm. breaks the game. Uh, in such a way that it's you like break through parts of it mm-hmm. uh, so you can beat it pretty fast uh which is really impressive for this mm. uh but yeah i'm gonna be i might pick it up i don't know i'll see what's happening in july 16th when this is out mm-hmm. uh yeah i don't know i'll be interested in checking it out see what it is uh, but if you don't want to spend sixty bucks, it's on the Wii U for twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the Wii version, no upgraded visuals or non-motion controls. Yeah, but I think the the big criticism people have is it's it's not getting as much of a change to it uh, as maybe stuff like uh, uh, Super Mario 3D World mm-hmm. it just came out that has like a whole big uh, mode added to it with Bowser's yeah. Fury. For the sixty bucks, uh, I mean, it's not even really a mode. It's it's just a it's a totally separate game. So, yeah. mm-hmm. well, like when you start it, you pick like, oh, I'm going to play 3D World or I'm going to play Bowser's Fury. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like a mode in that sense, similar to the way the 3D All Stars yeah. collection is. 
Mm-hmm. You pick up front what game you're yeah. gonna play. I mean, if, if if Nintendo charged sixty bucks for a Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD on the Wii U, they're they're definitely gonna charge sixty on the Switch. That's 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 a guarantee. Yeah, mm-hmm. those at and least have upgrades to them, like making the uh, the late game part of Wind Waker better, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Uh, notable changes on that stuff. This doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it's got that much outside of just making it playable with. Uh, you know, the, the lights and the pro controller and all that. Yeah, I mean I get that, but that's still a that that's still a big change. You're 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 changing the the controls from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the most part. I'll see. Uh let's see. That is uh that is coming out in a few months. And the last thing to end it on is Splatoon three. Mm-hmm. Uh with a trailer that maybe said a lot more than it what it ultimately showed. Because uh, it made it seem mm-hmm. like it was going to be uh, some big single-player thing, and maybe that is still a thing. Uh, but it just shows that they're in a new city and still has the 4v4, Turf War stuff. It also seems uh, to imply that they're just going all in on the post-apocalyptic stuff now. Like, it's not even a subtext. subtext. It's yeah. just... I mean, I'm pretty sure that was an inverted... Eiffel Tower that you saw in the background. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like the, the backgrounds of the the little bit of map stuff they showed. It was like war-torn cities, it looks like, in the desert. Mm-hmm. Which is shit. Uh, I play. believe somebody said, told me, is that basically they decided to use what the, the result of the last Splatfest was to basically determine what the story of this game was going to be. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. But yeah, like, um, I'll go ahead and talk about like what I thought about the directors a whole little bit. But in regards to Splatoon 3, like, you know, j- just just to address all the hate about like Splatoon being their their one more thing announcement. I mean, you have to look at their sales, number one. I mean, like Splatoon is their number nine uh, selling uh, Switch game of all time that doesn't have the word Mario or Zelda or uh, Pokemon in it or, or Animal Crossing mm-hmm. for that matter. Like, when you put it that way, Splatoon is in their top four. So, of course, they're going to go ahead and give it that kind of attention. And, um, I mean, I don't know how many uh, people who listen like played Splatoon. Brandon's playing Splatoon 2 right now. The single player from part one to part two is night and day. Um, the lore in this game is growing extremely quickly. Um, it's, it, it's extremely fun to play. And, like, the music is just, like, hype as hell. Splatoon is easily one of Nintendo's best franchises going on right now. And mm-hmm. whether people like it or not is, you know, none of, really, none, none of their concern because it, it, it's selling. But mm-hmm. the, the main thing that I didn't like um, was the fact that, again, this is a 2022 release when they said it would mostly be uh, first half 2021 releases. Yeah. But also, mm-hmm. they got Nintendo's thing to end on a future thing. Mm-hmm. Some sort of teaser of sorts, and I guess like the one of the the new things they showed here is like a a bow kind of weapon. Yeah, oh, great too. Which makes no sense as far as uh, spewing paint around. Uh, I guess it's like a a three pronged kind of shot. Yeah, they have like a new city to uh, hang around in. I hope the the thing they have. In mind for improvements is improving the online aspect of it because mm-hmm. they had that whole PVE mode that was only open like certain hours of the day whenever they felt like it being open. Whereas instead of mm-hmm. like every other game, it's just like, 
oh, this is just the mode you get in, you know, whenever it like specifically set up like mm-hmm. appointments with your friends to get in and play uh, some of the interesting yeah. new modes. I mean, given the hardware, I don't really see Nintendo doing much to really improve that situation. But mm-hmm. in the case of Splatoon 2, this is the game with their best online support. Aside from Animal Crossing, this is the game that gets the best support. So I don't, I don't really see Splatoon 3 being too bad in that area, because it's, it's, it's the main thing they do. Um, mm-hmm. Like, Splatoon Online is actually better than Smash Online. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. It always seems to have the, the great music and style that the others had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just curious if the like single player portion is uh, any different or not to match the the setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, 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 the setting was was really weird. I mean, like going back to what you said about the post apocalyptic uh, atmosphere, like you know they were in the desert. There isn't supposed to be any moisture there, so I'm wondering how mm-hmm. that how that effect is in. Find out they they excrete this paint, this yeah. mucus instead. They're just spewing yeah. themselves with their bodily fluids. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but that was the direct. Seemed pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously people built it up. as like, oh, it's like every single other direct. Like, oh, yeah, there's going to announce this amazing thing, this amazing thing, this thing, this thing, this thing. We're going to have, you know, F-Zero return and all this other stuff. New Advance Wars, obviously. Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be out next week. Uh, they get mad when they they're all their stupid expectations don't get mat- matched. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the direct cycle. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. like it, it just goes to show. I mean, I, I'm going to go ahead and talk about like my uh, opinion as a whole, but like it, it just goes to show that I mean, for Nintendo fans in general, there's there, there, there's just no making everybody happy. Um, you know, Nintendo mm-hmm. can go. I mean, if, if Nintendo went ahead and talked about Breath of the Wild two, um, to to like satisfy those people, would would that have been enough to make this like an mm-hmm. awesome direct? Honestly, I don't believe so. Like. If we're talking about my own expectations that, you know, I just derived from, like, my own thoughts based on where Nintendo is, mm-hmm. you look at the year 2021. This is the anniversary of Zelda. This is mm-hmm. the anniversary of Metroid, and it's also the anniversary of Pokemon. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I might even be missing a few franchises. So at the very least, I expected Nintendo to actually acknowledge all three. Maybe not make any announcements, but at least acknowledge all three. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. So in, in, in regards to that, I'm, you know... Uh, I, I wasn't as amazed as I was with previous directs. And, you know, it being longer than the average one at 53 minutes, yeah, I guess there were some false pretenses that made me have those expectations. But then again, like, you know, in regards to ending with Splatoon, you have to look at what's made Nintendo all the money they've made within the past 10 years, and Splatoon is a big part of that. But um, yeah. even going back to people complaining about Zelda, and which, by the way, today, today is actually the... 35th anniversary of Zelda. So there's there's been a whole lot of stuff with a with a hashtag on Twitter, and even mm-hmm. uh, people from Nintendo have made their comments too. But um, when you look at last year, and you know, especially with COVID happening and things like that, um, Nintendo did their um, 35th anniversary Mario Direct in September. Mm-hmm. September. So that there were three months left to the year, and it's February yeah. right now. So I'm pretty sure Nintendo has more in the pipeline. Again, I don't want to set up a false expectation, but there's still lots of time in the year. Anything can happen between now and then. Mm. Yeah, uh, right. I think people also don't really notice that there's still a pandemic going on, and Nintendo's probably been hard, hit harder than most other companies because they uh, are very much all about uh, working in uh, tandem and 
not the greatest at online stuff. Yeah, I mean they're uh, they're very protective yeah. with, with 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 their IP. You look at all the people mm-hmm. who are thinking about Nintendo leaks and all that, and they don't do that. Like, imagine being in charge of Nintendo and having to send your people home in order to work. That's going to be hard to do because people have kids and things like that. And every, everyone's savvy in their own way. It's have, having IP like Nintendo's and protecting it the way they do is extremely hard. And we, you know, we we hate and love them for it, but that's what that's mm-hmm. what they are. Yeah, yeah. Like their celebration for the Mario anniversary was uh, two uh, re-releases. Uh, mm-hmm. One having some uh, significant new content to it, but. Uh, nevertheless, not really any new games outside of Mario 35, which are taken away here in a month. Mm-hmm. Didn't even really bring up that those that game and uh, 3D All Stars Collection are disappearing here in a month <laughs> or so. Yeah, uh, or anything to be like, hey, you can still buy this, uh, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think it's going to be a bit more muted on the the celebration of those uh, series, but it seems like. Uh, Twilight Princess and Wind Waker are still coming at some point. They just didn't announce it mm-hmm. uh, Which makes sense. Because if they're not going to be coming out anytime soon, no point in announcing it just yet. Yeah. Because otherwise, yeah. people wouldn't have anything to complain about. Yeah, exactly. Alright, so that's the... You got anything to say, Brandon? Uh, not really. Um, there are a couple that I'm definitely excited to see. Um, Obviously, Mario Golf Super Rush is, like, pretty near to the top of the list. Um, and also Hades, because, again, I want to play that, but I haven't been able to play it yet. Um, and World's End Club looks like it might be nice. I mean, I played the first couple Don Con Rafa games, and, you know, they, they definitely keep you guessing, but they're also have these weird twists and logic that are kind of bullshit on the surface. So we'll see. Um, and of course, Splatoon 3. Um, I'm liking Splatoon 2, and I bought the the expansion last night because I've been told that it's basically a whole game in and of itself. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's not bad. All right, let's get to, let's get to another event that was not bad. Uh, BlizzCon. Yeah. And there wasn't really a whole lot that came out of it, to be honest. That was... Yeah, if you wanted to hear know. more on Overwatch and Diablo 4, you can uh, look that up. Uh, yeah. They had some, like, panels to give out some more information on that, uh, which there is some stuff, but not really... Uh, I mean, we got... Uh, we uh, we did get to see, like, uh, we know there's a uh, new... They introduced, well, kind of previewed a new character for Overwatch 2 named Sojourn. We also got yeah. a look at some of what the uh, enemy enemy uh, designs for what's going to be the campaign mode of that game. Um, yeah. And Diablo 4, they acknowledged it existed. Yeah, and that's the class for it. The road. Showed some yeah. stuff off, but those two games are not coming out until at least next year, so still got a while to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, coming out uh, closer than that, uh, there's Diablo 2 Resurrected. Mm-hmm. The game we had heard uh, rumored that it was going to be coming, a remake yep. uh, or a remaster of Diablo 2 mm-hmm. from Vicarious Visions. Uh, you can look at the, there's a link for the site itself, and you can look at some side by side images between the old and the new version, and it looks pretty nice, a nice yep. upgrade. 
but it seems like they haven't done too much to it to like change the game itself. Seems like largely the same kind of game, but uh, it's coming out to all the PlayStations and Xboxes, Switch and PC. Uh, it even has cross-platform mm-hmm. progression, so you can uh, pick it up on one platform, play, and carry that character and uh, gear and all that to another pl- uh, platform. Yeah. Can you play? There's definitely, like, visually, there's, like, a minor graphical and animation upgrade that you can clearly see. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's like still essentially the same. But... Yeah, it's still the same Diablo 2, though. Yeah, but made for modern platforms. So yeah. One from 20 years ago. Yeah. And uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, the original Diablo 2 uh was pretty good was was pretty awesome. So Yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's considered, you know, one of Blizzard's definitive titles for a reason. Um yeah. And this has controller support even on PC. Mm-hmm. Which I never got around to doing for Diablo 3 uh for some reason. Uh, yeah, 4K support, uh, 3D physically based rendering, animations, mm-hmm. lighting textures, all that stuff. Oh, well, yeah. Max have been remade. Uh, you mm-hmm. also get the expansion content as well. So the extra uh, areas to go to, ladders are coming back, uh, which are the, the season type stuff. Yeah. Uh, quality of life enhancements as well. Uh, including hostility toggles and you're collecting PvP. Mm-hmm. Uh, players can toggle an auction to make sure they don't have to click on piles of gold to pick them up. Yeah. Uh, which is a thing that Diablo 3 has on by default. So you can just walk by and pick it up, or you have like a little character, side character that's with you, and they go and pick it up for you. Shared stash space. It's also things so you can share good loot between characters. Mm hmm. Uh, that kind of stuff. So yeah, uh, they're gonna have a technical alpha soon on PC. So you can go on the official site to sign up for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's absolutely weird to me that um they they re-released um or revived World of Warcraft before Diablo two, but you know they 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 finally did it. So I'm I'm happy mm-hmm. for people who are fans of it. Um, I wonder if uh, Phil's excited because this, this this is a pretty cool announcement and it looks like they're oh, yeah. They're 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 making the effort to to do it the right way, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, they're not trying yeah. to pawn it off to some other developer like they did with Warcraft Three. Yeah, the remake. Yeah. I mean, not the original. I think the Warcraft World of Warcraft thing happened because they needed more hooks to keep people uh, subscribed. Yeah, and that's uh, I think that's uh, a small portion of the fan base. Like, hey, we want to play original Warcraft World of Warcraft again because that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as they could remember, it was. Uh, and then I think they announced they're bringing the Burning Crusade expansion to it. The first mm-hmm. one. I think the first expansion for that game. So that'll be another fork on it. So you can play, you know, continue to play old uh, World of Warcraft or Burning Crusade World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. And all that. So, yeah, they're still doing stuff with that. Uh, the other thing they announced is the Blizzard Arcade Collection, which is out now. Yep. For $20. Mm-hmm. Includes three of their games from back in the like SNES era. Well, the uh, definitive the editions of them, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Lost Vikings, Rock and Roll Racing, and Blackthorn in them. Yeah. 
I'd be Thank remiss you. to uh, talk about this game without mentioning the fact that they call it Blizzard Arcade Collection, and none of these games are actually arcade games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, it's the Lost Vikings, which is uh, probably I think that that game came out before Blizzard was even called Blizzard. Um, like that game is fucking ancient. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely um, an old style of game too. It's like a- yeah like a mini RTS side scrolling kind of thing where you're just solving puzzles mm-hmm. and what to do with each character to get around obstacles and yeah. different abilities. And uh, that was the kind of game that did exist around then. Yeah. Uh, there was also, there's also rock and roll racing, which is, uh, th- that was, that was like a, you know, that was, that was uh, pretty sure that was, was that on SNES and Genesis? Uh, I think at least super Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, two things about that game. One, it's a really fun, you know, kart battling type racing game. You know, so except you know, instead of uh, you know, from the back like Mario Kart, it's from like an isometric point of view. Yeah. And also because of its soundtrack, um, where they took uh, exactly the type of thing you would expect for a game like this. Popular songs, you know, they got Black Sabbath and Deep Purple. And uh, yeah. they managed to convert those songs into a into a sound chip version that somehow manages to sound incredible, even though it's the shitty SNES sound chip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which uh... and it's also kind of the reason why that game has had such a big issue ever getting re released because of all the fucking uh, issues with copyright and shit. <laughs> Lightning yeah, notes. so with this, they are adding, uh, let's see, a bunch of racetrack variations, four-player, local multiplayer, mm-hmm. uh, as well as songs and voiceover clips. Even brought the the guy that did the, the voiceover for the game back to do some new stuff, uh, mm-hmm. as well as new licensed songs in there as well. I think Lost Vikings has, like, three-player local co-op at the same time thing, uh, some extra stages and cutscenes. And yeah, there's Blackthorn, which is like a, a shooter. Blackthorn is a cinematic platformer, you know, like Prince yeah. of Persia, that has that shooting mechanic. Yeah, yeah. Um, which it's actually I, I've played the original, and I I do genuinely really like it. I think it's a it's actually like of all the uh, sort of pre Warcraft like uh, well. Actually, I think Warcraft was already out when this game came out, but of their non-Warcraft slash Starcraft uh, slash Diablo, their non-PC stuff, basically, uh, franchises I wish they would go back to, Blackthorn is absolutely one of them. Um, Yeah. Because it was a very solid, like, yeah, it was a very solid cinematic platformer um, back in the day, and... uh, yeah, I'm actually happy that people are going to be able to play it again because that was one of my yeah. favorite freaking games for the SNES. And I guess the the new thing they've added with this version is a fog of war. Yeah, to it. So yeah, that'll be weird. But uh, the collection itself has uh, extras. There's like custom key mapping. You have 10 second rewind, uh, as well as unlockable uh, art. Mm-hmm. Thanks to yeah. dev stuff, interviews, mm-hmm. and some other things like that I can get for it. Mm-hmm. So you can have a, a bunch of stuff to collect. Mm. Yeah, it's on uh, all the things, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC for 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it seems like they did a, a good job of beefing up these games mm-hmm. to make them a little bit better. Yeah. Because uh, they used to, on Battle.net, let you download the ROMs for these games. For free, yeah. <laughs> which is like a very weird thing. I think Rockstar is the only other company I know of that did that, and they let you download like the original uh, yeah. Grand Theft Auto mm-hmm. to to check that out, which mm-hmm. also very weird, considering how different it is from uh, all their current GTAs? Yeah, not terribly, other than the fact that this per- the perspective it's, is different. Yeah, that's, oh, that's yeah very different. Uh, it's probably more silly than the, the newer games. So, oh, the newer games get plenty silly. It's just to they're really good at com- compartmentalizing the yeah. humor from the serious parts. But I remember from GTA 2... You explore and you'll find uh, a line of Elvises, mm-hmm. you know, doing the Elvis yeah. noises and shit. It's like, what the fuck is going on in this game? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's cap this off. They like to have musical acts at BlizzCon. I don't know why mm-hmm. they needed to have one here, but they had Metallica streaming from their studio, and then uh, they had and- to put them on mute because I think on Twitch because. Uh, otherwise, they get DMCA'd. Yeah, <laughs> on their own channel. Yeah, uh, they just started playing like royalty-free like game music uh, over a chunk of the of the uh, I forget what song they were playing then, but uh, yeah, it's it shows all of the problems with music stuff in the internet mm-hmm. that you can't even have the band playing their own damn songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, without DMCA uh, fears. Yeah. When you're the damn people running the damn platform. Yeah. yeah. I do find this especially... I do find it especially deliciously ironic, though, considering that this is Metallica, and Metallica is the reason we almost didn't have music streaming. <laughs> uh, I think that's... I think it's more the labels... They're happy to let Metallica be the the front of all that stuff. Uh, mm. As much as Metallica wanted to be mm. uh, at the forefront of challenging that stuff. But the labels are happy to not let anybody use music ever. Because it might promote things like maybe getting their music. Mm. Uh, make everybody fear losing any sort of content because, oh god, this game happens to have a song in it. God forbid. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, they uh, Metallica was there for some reason. I don't know why they even had them because it's not a a physical event. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the tradition, but it's not a physical event. People will be fine. They can look up mu- uh, Metallica music if they want to listen to some Metallica. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, it was just unnecessary money spent. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but they got World of Warcraft, so that's just. Five seconds of World of Warcraft money that they spent for this, probably. <laughs> so, mm. they probably made it back by the time they were done playing. Mm. So, yeah. That is uh, as it for the BlizzCon stuff. Uh, we had to talk about here, and that's it for the show. Yeah, pretty much it for the yeah. show. Thank you to Brandon Danram for joining this uh-huh. week. We'll be back next week with a, another slate of news. Hopefully some more good stuff. And less of the shitty news, but uh, 
it takes all kinds to make a week. Yep. So we'll see you guys again next time and have a good one.